Hi, I'm Tiffany Roten, and this is Happy Young Adults, Episode 16, What Ifs and How to Stop Worrying. Welcome to Happy Young Adults. I'm Tiffany Roten, owner of Direct Your Life Coaching. I'm a huge fan of young adults, a mother of five, four of which are young adults, a lover of everything outdoors, and a certified life coach. I'm here to give you tools to feel better, to be more confident, to feel less stress in your life, and to help you look to your future with confidence and excitement. Let me help you learn to become a happy young adult. Hey gang, what is up with everybody? How's it going? Do you all know what time of year it is? It is my most favorite time of the year and it is fall. I love everything about fall. I love the leaves changing colors. I love everything pumpkin, pumpkin desserts, pumpkin smells. I love everything apple. And I must tell you, my most favorite thing ever, ever is apple crisp. So if you want to get on my good side, you bring me a pan of apple crisp. Just saying. You know, I was even born in the fall. So yes, I am a Halloween baby. Rumors are true. And no, it's not really that fun to have a Halloween birthday. Just saying. Sure love you, mom. Grateful you had me, but Halloween was not a great day. Okay. So I was talking with a client the other day and I came across something that reminded me what a lot of my clients struggle with and that I come across a fair amount with people And that is that we struggle with worry and stress and fear and anxiety and all of those types of things. And it's kind of part of the human condition, but oftentimes it can really become something that bothers us a lot and that can even turn into things like anxiety and panic attacks and other other things like that. So today I want to talk to you about worry and where it comes from. And what things we can do to help us that when we have a lot of stress and anxiety in our life, what can we do? Now, I just want to clarify that some of us really do, as humans, have like a clinical anxiety that's a diagnosis. But more often than not, worrying or having a little bit of anxiety is pretty normal for most human beings. There are things that we can control and there are things that we can't. And when we can't control and we don't know what the outcome is to something, it can make us feel anxious. You know, we as humans really want to know everything that's going to happen all the time and be able to plan and prepare and be able to protect ourselves from any problems or emotions or outcomes. And it kind of seems to me like since last year and COVID hit, The incidence of anxiety worldwide has just skyrocketed and mental health in general. And there's a lot of reasons for this. And I won't really go into all those reasons right now, but a lot of it has to do with anxiety over things that we just can't control and wondering what's going to happen in the future. And that, that makes a lot of us anxious. 
So what I see so often is people that don't want to feel anxious or worried or stressed. And so they just try really, really, really hard to just bury those emotions. And what always happens is in, in those cases that it becomes worse. You can't bury something just like you can't keep a beach ball underneath the water for long periods of time. The minute you take your hands off that beach ball, it's going to, you know, shoot up. What word am I looking for here? Shoot up. <laughs> Eventually, once um, you let it go and you let an emotion, you know, you just keep pushing that under the water, it will build pressure and will eventually cause you some problems. So I found some research that shows that 25% of young adults deal with worry and anxiety on a regular basis. And that only six of that percent actually have a clinical anxiety disorder. So these anxiety disorders, it's become the big buzzword, but there's actually a, a pretty small percentage that actually have a, a full-blown anxiety disorder. So what is the difference then between general anxiety and say a panic disorder? Well, generally anxiety means that you have to worry and fear and feel anxious feelings. And those symptoms can be things like restlessness. Maybe you're a little bit irritable. You can't concentrate very good. You might not even be able to sleep and you're kind of on the edge. Those are pretty normal, general things that most people feel. But with a, a an anxiety panic disorder, it's much more intense and it comes on like, you know, sweating and shortness of breath. And some people describe it as not being able to breathe or you're choking or your heart's pounding, your heart is racing. And that can feel really awful. And the thing that we have to get to is that we need to stop avoiding these feelings and start facing these things head on. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about this. So I want to give you a couple of ideas of what you can do to help if you feel like anxiety is really becoming a problem when worrying and fretting all the time. The thing that I come across the very most when I'm coaching people is, is what I like to call the what ifs. So what are the what ifs? It's kind of like when we say, what if this happens? Or what if someone dies? Or what if I flunk this test? Or what if this guy breaks up with me? Or what if I gain 10 pounds at college? Or what if the world breaks out in war? Or what if COVID kills my family? These are all questions that all, that not only really can't even be answered, but they usually take us down rabbit holes that get us into anxiety and sometimes major anxiety and panic. The thing that's amazing about this type of thinking, and we all do it to some degree, is that it never is really ever helpful. We think that worrying about things is actually going to change something, but it never does. And what it does is affect the way that we feel and the way we think and the way we act in our here and now in the present and what that looks like. Sometimes we feel like we can't live in the present moment, but instead we have to be anxious about all the things that could happen. And what it is, is a lot of wasted energy, both mentally and physically, that's not needful. People who deal with a lot of anxiety and on a regular basis, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, all those things 
are really exhausting because it takes a lot of energy to think about the things that you're thinking about that are causing all that worry and stress. Just keeps you at a higher level of stress in your life. So one of the first tools that I like to talk with my clients about is instead of asking, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? Ask yourself, if this happens, then this is what I will do. And one of the things that I don't think my clients always enjoy is that sometimes when we're talking, we actually go to those fears and we just hit them right head on. So take, for example, finals week, and I'll have a client tell me, well, what if I don't pass this class? And then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen if that happens. And then that's going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And we just see how this turns into this spiral and turns us straight into anxiety and beyond. And then if we don't stop the anxiety, then that continues to spiral out of control and it goes and goes and goes. And pretty soon we're in a panic attack. Now, sometimes there are some psychological reasons and other reasons for anxiety that sometimes we can't always just think our way out of. And I get that. But oftentimes we really can. So if, if you, if you were to say to yourself, what if I don't pass this test? And then we actually go there. Well, what are you going to do if you don't pass the test? Well, then I'm going to have to, you know, go through that experience and, you know, let's, let's talk about what that's going to look like if I don't pass this test. And most of my clients just look at me like I'm crazy. So let's talk about what would happen if you didn't pass this final test. Well, maybe a couple of different things will happen. You'll, you'll flunk the class. That's a possibility. You might have to retake the class. You might be able to work with your professor and talk to them and retake it. Um, like there's options, right? And one thing we know for sure is that you're probably going to have to feel some disappointment, which is an emotion that doesn't really harm us in any way, but it doesn't feel very good. But here's what I know to be true, that whatever happens with this test, things will work out and be okay. So, so you have to retake the class. Not fun, right? Not what you wanted to do, but it's totally doable. It's totally something that you can do and no one's going to die. Do you see how we actually went to that fear of what if I don't pass the test and then we went through it and passed it? And we just get to see what it would look like if it were to happen. Because sometimes what I find is that people are more afraid of, of the fear or the what ifs than they are of the actual event. When you look at it, you're like, yeah, that's true. And I've been there. I flunked a class in college and yeah, I felt disappointed and discouraged. And then I signed back up and I retook the class and I passed it and I did just fine in college. And I've never had anyone ask me, did you get an F in that class? I, no one's ever asked me that. But if you don't want to hire me as a life coach, now that you know that, it's fine. It's fine. I'm good with it. So for me, for years and years, I've always had this really deep-seated worry that one of my children would die. And I think it's a fear that a lot of parents have, and we kind of worry about it. And I remember in high school and my kids, they we live near the Rocky Mountains and there's canyons and they would drive up the canyons on the weekends 
And I would always worry there was a river next to it. And I think, oh, what if they, you know, go into the river and they die? Or what if a drunk driver hits them and they die? Or what if a bear eats them up in the mountains? What if they die, right? And um, that worry was not helpful. It didn't make me love my kids anymore. And it just made me stress when they'd leave. And so I had to learn to talk myself down out of that and learn that, you know, if, if something happens, I'll, I'll figure it out. And, but, but, you know, this, this worry has been one of my fears for a lot of my life. And so I believed if this happens, I just can't go on. I can't handle it. So when I started doing all this work, I actually went to the fear and I passed it. I stared it straight in the face and I had to figure out what I would do if one of my children died. Well, what would I do? I'd have to feel a lot of sorrow. I'd be super sad. I'd, I'd have to deal with grief and anger and all of those emotions that we don't like to feel. So I'd have to feel a whole lot of emotions, which by the way, are not going to kill me. They're not going to hurt me other than they just don't feel good. Right. I would have, I'd have to figure out the funeral and I'd have to eventually figure out how in the world I was going to live my life without them not around. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't make me sad. Of course it does. But, you know, if you think about all the changes that we have in life that maybe aren't quite so permanent as death, but, you know, a lot of us leave home and we go to college. That's a huge adjustment. For you, there's the adjustment of leaving home and going away and having roommates and all that. And, and it's an adjustment for your family that you leave at home and for your parents. But eventually we figure it out. We, we deal with those emotions of, of, you know, missing each other and we move forward and we just live. So I answered the question, what would happen if one of my children died? Well, I'd grieve and I'd figure it out and I eventually, I would move forward and I'd eventually be okay. I have a good friend whose daughter passed away in a car accident at 16 and she has used her death to do good in the world. She has, um, she has carnivals for the kids and she has a book drive that she donates to schools and she's done a lot of good scholarship funds and things like that. And so she's taken that grief and turned it into serving humanity, which is really amazing. And I don't know that she would ever say she was glad that her daughter died. Of course not. Right. But she survived she was sad. She moved forward. She's taken that sadness and that grief and been able to help a lot of people through it. And what we find is that we're stronger than we think we are, and we can overcome really anything that's thrown at us in our life. We really can. And for me, that's a really empowering thought that I can think. So, what I want you to do is I want you to do an exercise where you list three things, even in your mind or on a piece of paper or something, things that worry you that are kind of like your, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? Right. And then what I want you to do is I want to ask yourself, if this happens, then this is what I will do. And I want to, I want you to pay attention to things that come up a lot that are, that are what ifs for you. So we all have them and I promise you're normal. But what happens when we start to recognize that we have these certain tendencies like wow, that certain what if comes up for me a lot. And our brain goes there a lot. 
Well, now we can recognize it and say, oh, okay, I can see what my brain is doing again. It likes to go to what if my children die. But because I've worked through it and I know what I would do and I kind of have a plan and how I would handle that and, and also understanding and knowing that I would eventually be okay, see how I am able to kind of work through that situation and it doesn't seem quite so intense and quite so scary. But I do promise again that no matter how bad things get, no matter what happens in your life, there's always a way to figure it out. Always. Okay. So the second tool I use with with my clients to overcome worry and anxiety is to ask yourself in what way is worrying about these things actually helping my life right now? You know what the truth is about life? None of us know what is going to happen ever. We think we know, and we like to plan and we like to control things. But the reality is there's really nothing that we can totally and completely control all the time. So the sooner that we understand that worrying about these things that are totally out of our control has no benefit for us right now, other than it causes us to feel stressed and worried and anxious. And it just, it just has no effect other than those things. So if you get in these places where you'd like to go and worry and ask yourself, is there any part of this that I can control? And then if there's not, try and bring yourself to the present. Ask yourself questions that bring you into the present moment. Those things would include, you know, kind of going into your body and asking questions about how you're feeling. Feeling. So some psychologists use a, a specific tool of asking yourself about what you are sensing, like going to your senses. So asking yourself things like, what am I smelling? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What can I feel on my skin? What can I taste? But what that does is it takes you out of your mind and it takes you to the present. Like what right now at this very moment can I see or touch or feel or taste? Another method is one that I learned in the life coach school from Brooke Castillo, who's the owner. And it's an exercise called, what are you feeling now? And what this exercise does is it allows you to figure out where the emotion is in your body and find it. And kind of like I've said before, stare it in the face instead of running from it. So for instance, when I ask someone, where do you experience anxiety in your body? There's usually a variety of answers, but when you close your eyes and you pay attention to where that anxiety is actually lodged inside your body, we know that emotion really is felt inside our body. So like, for instance, when we're angry, our face gets red, our heartbeat gets faster. We have a reaction sometimes like yelling or screaming or stomping. You know, uh, when we feel sadness, our body oftentimes feels sluggish and like there's a weight on our shoulders and our, and our just our whole being kind of feels gray and, and down, right? So we can feel those emotions literally in our body. So with anxiety, oftentimes anxiety feels like in the body. Um, I've had people describe it like your stomach tightens or your shoulders gets tight or your breathing is more shallow or we get nervous or we get brain fog. So as humans, we, we really love to run from emotion. If we're feeling sad at all, um, we, we're not good at learning to just be sad. We want to go get a milkshake and binge on Netflix. 
And I'm not saying that you can't do those things, but we have learned as a society to, to escape from our emotions and to not pay attention or feel anything. We just numb out our emotions. We do that with drugs. We do that with food. We do that with so many different things. And so that we don't have to feel what we're feeling and we run from them. And when we run from emotions, it's never going to solve the problem. And most of the time it exacerbates it. So with this exercise called what you're feeling now, what it does is train you to look inside your body and to feel your emotion and essentially come back to the now and face that emotion head on. So I want to give you an example of what this would look like. And I do this a lot with my clients, help them understand what they're feeling and not running from it. So let's say, oh, that you started out this morning and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling a little worried about something that's going to happen later in the day. Okay. Maybe, maybe uh, it's a blind date. Okay. Let's just say it's a blind date. So if we're listening to our bodies, we will feel this worry. It, 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 it is inside our body as well as in our mind. And we, you know, we may feel the anxiousness and the stress in our body. So now what we do, um, is we want to find out, you know, what we want to do is we want to ignore it. We want to run from it. We want to listen to music or listen to a podcast or blast our music so we don't have to think about the stress we're feeling about this blind date, right? But what if we figured out that we're just feeling it and, and can hit it head on? So this would look like sitting down in a chair, maybe breathing a little bit so that you can kind of stop for a minute, stop your mind and start thinking, you know, um, or start feeling. Here's some questions that you can ask yourself. Things like, what am I feeling right now? Well, in this case, you're like, wow, I'm feeling kind of anxious about this date. And so you tell yourself, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling kind of anxious. This is what anxiousness feels like. See how we've just acknowledged it instead of run from it. And then you can ask yourself questions like, where in my body do I feel anxiety? Maybe it's your stomach. Maybe your stomach feels tight or your hands feel sweaty or, you know, there's all kinds of different things and just notice it. It's not a problem. We're just go, oh, that's so interesting. I feel anxiety in my stomach. Then ask yourself some questions about it. Like, okay, is this, is this, you know, anxiety, is it hot or cold? Does it feel hot or cold to me? Is it fast or is it slow? What color is it? And it's always so interesting to me. Anxiety almost always is red. People are like, oh, it's red. Isn't that so interesting? We all kind of see the same color when we're describing the emotion of, of anxiety. Um, and it's interesting if you, uh, if you notice happiness, almost always people say yellow, which is so interesting, right? Okay. So you can also ask yourself, you know, does this feeling, does this anxiety in my body, does it feel hard or soft? And then things like, how does this feeling make you want to react? Do you, do you, do you want to freak out or cancel the date or do something, you know, who knows? And then the last class on your question that you want to ask yourself in this exercise is why am I feeling this way? And hopefully that you can see that your brain is now, you know, oh, I'm feeling anxiety because I've got this state and I'm a little bit nervous about it. And you might even want to ask yourself some questions like, well, why am I so nervous about this? You know, does it, 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 it always has stuff to do with our thoughts. Like, well, maybe they won't like me or maybe they won't think I'm cute or maybe we won't have a good time, or maybe I won't know what to say. Those are things that drive those nerves, right? 
But again, what this exercise is doing is it is allowing you to get inside of the emotion, face it, figure it out, where it feels, what it looks like, stopping and acknowledging it, and just being with it for a minute versus running from it. And what it does when you just acknowledge emotion oftentimes is it kind of lessens or totally goes away. Now, I understand some of my clients, when I do this, they kind of think it's a little woo-woo, like Tiffany, all the feelings. And I'll be honest, at first, when I learned this in school, I was like, what in the heck is this? But honestly, I've done it a lot now, and I've done it with my clients, and it really does work. It gets us out of our heads and our bodies. And I've gotten really good at, at understanding and recognizing what emotions I'm feeling and why and kind of um, trying to come to the present, not worry about it. It usually helps those emotions to calm down and dissipate. So the third and final thing that I would tell you about working through worry and fear and anxiety is finding out what you have control over. We as human beings love to have control. We we just do. We, we want control over ourselves. We want control over the world and we want control over everybody else. And the bottom line is that we just don't have that kind of power. So when we get in these situations, a way to help ourselves not get so worked up is to figure out what it is we can control in the situation. So here is, here is an example. Okay. Last year when COVID-19 hit, so many of us felt like we had no control in our lives. It felt like everything was in commotion and it caused a tremendous amount of anxiety among most people. There were a lot of things that we could not control necessarily in this situation, but there was a lot that we could control. We just didn't always recognize and see it. So for example, these are some things that I recognized I could control during this situation. I could control when I woke up in the morning and what I chose to think that day. And was I going to think hopeless thoughts or hopeful thoughts about this pandemic? Um, you know, I learned I could control what I ate and whether I went out and I ate garbage or I got out and exercised and took a walk, which helped me, you know, feel better mentally. Or some days I stayed home and watched next Netflix. I found out I could control what my social life would look like during COVID. And I had so many young adults tell me my, my social life is completely destroyed. But I was able to find creative ways to stay in touch with friends when we weren't all able to be around each other. And I have clients who like formed groups over um, Zoom and they would get together several um, nights a week and play games or talk or watch movies even together. And super cool. They found ways that they could control this situation. And then others just were like, I'm the victim of this virus. I can't do anything. I'm just going to sit home. And, you know, and it's all our choice and I'm not judging any way that you did it or, or handled it. We all handled it differently, but we always have to remember we have a choice in everything. There are certain things we do have control over. You know, I even found that I could control how I chose to look at people and all of their differing views about COVID and the vaccinations and the conspiracy theories and all of it. And, and I just at one point decided to turn off the news altogether so that I didn't have to feel anxious about the things that they said that, that I noticed really quickly were making me feel anxious. But I had so many people that were angry and contentious over social media because people didn't agree and whatever. And I just chose to just 
really look at people and their views and try and be understanding and not let, not get riled up over it and not, not be upset by it. And just, just let people believe what they want to believe. And I, I go, I went ahead and because all I have control over is what I believe and what I think. So let other people believe as they want to, right? But the ultimate thing that I made up my mind at the very beginning of this is that I refused to live in fear, absolutely refused. So instead I chose what I could control and what I couldn't and live with hope that things would get better. And not only did they get better, but it just helped me get through the pandemic so much easier. So let's review real quick. What do you do when you're feeling anxious? So first, instead of asking the what ifs, what if this happens, turn it around. And I want you to ask yourself, if this happens, then I will do this blank, whatever that is. The second thing is to learn how to experience and feel your emotions and try not to run from them. Just learn to acknowledge that they're there and they don't kill you. And the last thing is to figure out those things that you can control and do that. And focus on the present and those things that you can control and put to rest the things that aren't in your control and which allows space to feel calm and at peace instead of worrying over things you cannot control and change anyway. So I hope these few tips are helpful for you. I see this a whole lot. Um, I think we as a society are really struggling with a lot of things in our world and feeling anxious and these tools can really help us navigate the uncertainty that we all face. All of us do it. So if you need more help with learning how to stop the worrying that you have or stressing over things, of course, you can always reach out to me at directyourlifecoaching.com and there's a place you can contact me. That's my website and you can, um, you know, I always offer a free call for anyone that reaches out to me. So just sign up for that. If you just are like, Hey, can you just talk me through this? Can you help me through this? I've got this what if, and I just need to get to a place of peace about it. So don't worry about it all the time. And I would be so happy to help you. So again, I hope this has been helpful. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you that have um, responded so so well to my podcast and have shared it with your friends. Um, I'm my greatest hope. And I always tell you this is that I just want to help people and hopefully it is helping some of you. I see a lot of you listening to the podcast and, uh, and, and, and hope and pray that it's, it's helpful for you. So until the next one, we will see you guys later. Bye. Are you in need of a life coach? Everyone needs someone to talk to, someone who doesn't judge you, someone who is safe and listens to understand. What if that someone was me? If you want to find confidence, a new outlook, a new different way to look at your life, come, please let me help you. I coach one-on-one over video conferencing or I do group coaching. We can work on whatever struggles you are facing in your life right now. Go to directyourlifecoaching.com. But just a warning, you will never be the same again.